0: obsessed with this Slay the Spire game. I I don't think it's new. I think it's like an old game, but it's like
1: consuming me. Is that what I've seen? Like, is it sharing through Discord? I've seen you playing something? Uh, uh, No,
0: it's like a phone game. Um, But sometimes I think my Xbox was hooked up to Discord for some point. So, like, when I was playing Xbox, it would show... playing video games i think actually yeah but i also just leave my like i never turn off the xbox it's in my office so like um sometimes it would just say that i'm playing games for like 48 hours straight when i really just wait for 20 minutes between work calls oh yeah son i got some good sponsors The, the, the truth is, um, you know, this week, um, King Nico
1: was actually really adamant about making me use his sponsors. So, um, I, ac- I actually had to turn down some of the sponsors I lined up because King Nico was just like, I mean, he was just acting like you would imagine a king, I guess, like just ordering me, no, you got to use my sponsors, so. <laughs> oh, real sponsors,
0: okay yeah King Nico lined a bunch up I think you're just uh, laying the groundwork for <laughs> the, the future uh,
1: commercial breaks. I think King just did, didn't like where I went with some of them so he had to like brain me in and so now he's been micromanaging all my all my sponsorship stuff Yeah. Uh, chronic no I, I can't hear you right now. Uh, he just hopped off. He's in the audience.
2: He's raising his hand. All right, okay, I'm back. I was sitting here like, these guys are really rude. They're just ignoring everything. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. It's (laughs) so sad. I was like, this is going to be the worst podcast ever. (laughs) Oh, man. That's that's my bad. I I split between two devices, so, which is dumb. But I don't know I don't know why. That's just how I do it. I do my voice on my phone and then my uh, my text chat, you know, on my computer. Oh yeah on, yeah on I have some right Like problems, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, cameras on, live in three. Yeah. No, I'm
3: just kidding. <laughs> Let's go let's
0: go uh bims do you want to kick us off this is
3: episode i'm not sure which number of uh, moshi moshi today
1: we have um, myself here bims along with um, danny danny lux and chronic dispositions uh representing paint swap and i'll let you guys introduce yourselves a little bit too if you'd like um, Chronic, I know you're involved in a lot of stuff, so feel free to you know, introduce yourself as more than a paint swap rep, um, what, yeah. whatever you got going on.
2: Definitely, um, I, I'll soft chill half of the projects on Phantom real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chronic, uh, I've been around in the Phantom space ever since uh, Fractal Studios migrated over here summer of uh, 2021. We came from Binance, um, and once I got over here on Phantom and discovered how dope the community is, got involved with a bunch of different projects. Um, I've worked with uh, World of Women's, I've, I've worked with Strange Brew, back when Strange Brew was a thing, uh, Tim Head's Auction House, Phantom Art Collective, Pinky Swear, I do my own stuff, I do lots of stuff. Um, but I, I am here today representing PaintSwap. Um, I got onboarded with PaintSwap as a community mod and uh, like support rep, kind of, I guess. Um, and from there, it's evolved into alpha testing involvement with the developers and discussion of potential products and product awareness, blah, blah, blah because I just really like having too much to do. So that's that's who I am, I'm Chronic.
3: Awesome, thanks Chronic. I actually remember uh, first seeing you, you mentioned Fractal, I,
0: I remembered uh, seeing you around in like the uh, Fractal slash random Discord uh, in those early days. Um, and obviously, you know, from my personal experience, I've been a huge pain swap guy since before the, there was even the, the marketplace when it was just a Dex, right? Um, so
3: awesome to have you here. Uh, so I'd love to hear a little bit, you know, just to get a little
0: backstory here about, um, you know, you mentioned you were on Binance, you kind of found Phantom in the community. What, what brought you to Binance? How did you first get started in, um, you know, cryptocurrency, DeFi, NFTs, what, what brought you to the space? Uh, yeah, sure. Um,
2: well, if, if we want to talk about kind of how I first got into DeFi, we have to go far, way, way back before the launch of Binance Smart Chain. Back in the days of Silk Road and um, my sketchy youth when Bitcoin was still a thing that you could just excessively mine and it was worth virtually nothing. Um, Back in those days, probably around 2010, 2011, was my first introduction to Bitcoin. Um, But at the time when we used that, you know, as a a simple commodity. uh, I I won't go too much further into what type of commodity it was, but you know, I was using it for... I actually have some Silk Road... uh...
0: I have some Silk Road uh, stories as well. Right. Uh, no, we, so we, we want, want to go the them. But I, but I can tell you that uh, when Bitcoin first started to rise in price, I spent many hours of my life looking for uh, little scraps that may have been left over from transactions there. Did not come up with anything and, and most likely <laughs> would have lost it. Most likely would have okay. lost it in Mt. Gox anyway, but... Um, right. <laughs> So those What's were the, the, had to those the original
2: days, um, but after that, um, whenever uh, whenever Silk Road was shut down, basically, I, I completely separated myself from the entire DeFi world, and I wasn't even in it as DeFi per se. I was just only familiar, you know, with the product of Bitcoin, right? Um, and then in uh, twenty twenty, I was working at a Best Buy. Um, it got destroyed by a tornado while I was inside of it, which is crazy. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And, can we pause uh, on wow, can we Can we double-click into that for a second? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Um, it was right at the, the dawn of COVID in 2020, um, which is actually, it saved a ton of lives in my hometown when, when COVID hit, Like and, and we were on basic COVID lockdown, you know, general semi lockdown store manager fought super hard to have Best Buy classify it as a essential business, which is dumb, but whatever. We were still working. During lockdown, we had people uh, driving up to the store, limited, walk into the store on appointment kind of deal, um, and one day there was a storm, you know, and uh, where I'm from, we have a long history of tornadoes destroying everything around
3: us, but not actually our city.
2: People who have lived here their entire lives were all like, yeah, whatever. tornado, ha, 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 it'll, it'll jump over the ridge is what we say here. Um, but it didn't, it, it actually, we, we took a direct hit
3: to our store. It hit the storefront, uh,
2: destroyed the entire store, about three customers, and our entire staff were in the break room hiding, and no one was hurt amazingly. The entire tornado, it destroyed a bunch of stuff in my hometown, and there were no casualties.
3: Uh, just wow. really incredible. Just really flinging incredible. around, 70-inch
0: TVs and Xboxes mm-hmm. and...
2: Uh, Absolutely. And this was on a Saturday, right at our, at the only mall in my city. So had COVID not been happening, there would have been hundreds of people out in this in in this mall so hundreds of lives were spared that day because of the uh the covid lockdown
0: wild right? wild yeah, yeah i you know i, I where i live in florida so we you know we have hurricanes and that's like yeah. a common part of our lives you know putting up your shutters and and you know prepping you know when a storm's coming um but you know when when we do get the random tornado warning, I'm always like, ah, what? There's never gonna be a
2: tornado right here, yeah, but, but some They're people, because they just suddenly <laughs> happen. You know, it's like in it, which not to say that hurricanes aren't wild and terrifying, but you know, we track them for days as they approach the coast, right? Tornado, right. it's like 20 minutes. Hey, a tornado just dropped out of the sky. Hide or die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true story, like um. When I when I bought the house I live in now, we weren't selling our previous house for like 3 weeks. Like we had a seller, but they, you know, the closing day was 3 weeks out. And I know how that this goes. was this was Irma was coming and at the time. Irma was supposed to be a Cat 5. Um so like we closed on a Friday. The hurricane technically got there on Friday, but it like, you know, it was just like not really bad till Sunday and um so we went to the house we were living in that had our furniture and my mom came over so it's my, my wife my mom me we ended up losing power for like uh, i think seven days so like we're trying to eat you know i'm outside barbecuing it ended up being in category three i'm like trying to cook up all the meat that uh we had left and then um I guess like on the sixth or seventh day, I went to go check on the new house just to see if it was still standing. Um, and turned out they still had power there. It was only 10 minutes away. Um, so we're like, all right, well look, we have no furniture here. We have nothing at the new house, but we do have air conditioning and we do have refrigeration. <laughs> so ended up moving in a little early with the air mattress and my cooler full of
2: food. <laughs> yeah, that's a very Florida story you just told. Yeah, Yeah. so that, that all happened, you know, that went down and I was, I was soaking up the unemployment with those, those big COVID benefits. So I was making more money on unemployment than I was making at Best Buy, um, because of course, retail was a racket and you make virtually nothing doing some of the hardest work out there. Um, but anyway, so I was just sitting at home and one of my buddies from college, uh, Random Brandon, who Danny, you'll have seen him around the the Fractal Discord from back in the day. He reached out on Facebook and was like, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to write a story for a fantasy card game. And I was like, Lexicon. let's do it. Yeah, this was Lexicon. Um, Cool. Yeah, and I wound up writing, uh, I don't know, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 200 pages for Lexicon of story. World yeah. lore, character lore, um, species lore for the various species that are there. Um, but yeah,
0: so and that kind of uh, led to that, uh, humans, right? Because that that lore okay. from Lexicon uh, connected you with humans. hmm Yeah, exactly. Is humans, that. Um, humans. I always say humans. Human. Humans human like human. human, like South American like, is the like uh, David Bowie's wife, son. right?
2: i got you yeah exactly (laughs) um but yeah and that got me into uh nfts which led me of course to DeFi. this all happened when we were on we were creating on Binance because that's just what the bsc was huge at the time you know it still is of course one of the main chains but it was especially seeing a surge a couple years ago um but we had a we had a tax
3: token that also did airdrops, which the Binance gas was just death
2: for all of those things. So uh, that migrated Random over to Phantom Opera, which migrated me over to Phantom Opera. Um, And the rest, as they say, is history. This was about two weeks
3: before the uh, Paintswap Marketplace launch, maybe a month. Okay, so you were
0: You were just kind of hanging around in the community and you were spending some time. I, I take it in the pain swap, which was a Dex at the time in their in their server and uh, and they're getting ready to launch this marketplace. and that's kind of the the catalyst for um, you know, getting hooked up with these guys or,
2: or how did that come about? Basically, uh, basically, it was like, so the the strange brew, tutorial for NFTs came out. Um, and that was, I don't know, maybe a month after that strange brew mint that just absolutely exploded. Uh, and when that tutorial came out, PaintSwap swap needed some mods, uh, really just for the community so that the devs could then answer questions for people on all these new collections that were coming through, getting submitted. Um, what I wound up doing actually was helping people get their contracts launched, get their you know items in order, that sort of general NFT um, like support for for at the time everyone in the community that was doing NFTs was going to paint swaps. We're the only one. Everybody was waiting on on to come through and overwhelm like, us at that point. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So in that time, you know I. I learned quite a bit about 721 smart contracts and, uh, kind of ingrained myself in that actually I was doing that type of support before I was ever a mod and then they went to higher mods and I applied and I was like, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, please pay me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
0: and funny they cause they're, they're coming full circle now, right? So, you know, starting as a Dex and now really offloading most of that Dex, um, you know the farms over to spooky in the last i think couple weeks um and, yeah. and really focused on adding more and more features i mean to me paint swamp um you know it, it was the first marketplace really on phantom it, there was there was really i mean we had zoo um at the time, I believe, but yeah, uh, you know, Zoo Zoo never. I think we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, but they really they had some really cool things. They were early. They had the charts. They had the aggregator, the decks. They they were a little late on farms, and then just kind of fell away. They didn't. They didn't keep building that marketplace. Um, and there was some major issues with it. Well, you know, one, I think everything was trading against Zoo. Um, Which which PainSwap did at the time too and and was able to, you know, hear what the community wanted. The community wanted to trade in native phantom. And uh, you know, it's it's that's the thing with crypto, right? Is it moves fast, you have to constantly iterate,
2: build or die. Exactly. And I think that um, you know, we have seen a lot of pushback. it's really interesting that the tides of the crypto community, you know. Back when when paint swap was native.
0: I have to imagine, I mean, from your position, that's something that you were hearing quite a
2: bit. Oh, yeah. All the time we were hearing about rarity. The thing about um, PaintSwap Marketplace is that there is only one centralized element to the PaintSwap Marketplace, and that's the caching of image data. Now, that was heavily requested by the community, and that's why we did it, because, you know, and you guys know this, you're both... NFT uh, folk, but paint swap load times, they used to be real rough because people yeah. were hosting, you know, 500 megabyte files, gigabyte files on Pinata. And then we were trying to, connoisseurs, floppy, flopster, that's exactly the word I wanted. Uh, but, you know, we were trying I, to I load prefer degenerate. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> every
2: time that page was pulling up, we were loading that, you know, and that, that was off. We're there, we admit it, you know, that was rough. But now, with the caching of images, we've got near instant load time. Um, But anyway, so that's the only centralized element is the caching of those images. So the rarity ranking is not based upon any data that's input by developers at all. It's a statistical analysis done, it's a decentralized statistical analysis done against the metadata itself based upon the attributes in the metadata. So there is no human component to, I mean, a human rodent, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's the kind of rarity that keeps going after we all get hit by a bus. So yeah. it was very important to build it that way, which is why it took so long. But Cheese Knight worked really hard on that. And I think
1: he did an excellent job. Yeah. Well, what, we're, what we're seeing well, now, though, um, um, is, is I of community members um complaining that the different rarity rankings on different marketplaces uh don't match which um you know makes makes sense to me because different sites use different algorithms uh, but are, are you are you seeing a lot of complaints like that in the PainSwap server now just because pain swap wasn't the first marketplace on phantom to show rankings that yeah you're getting compared to probably an NFT key, just because I think they were the first
2: to start displaying that? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're seeing that feedback. Um, we're, we're, we're really committed to stand our ground on the decentralized function though, and not manually assign those rankings. One thing that I've recommended uh, personally, and of course we're always open to suggestions from the community, um, but one thing that I've recommended is for one thing we're going to have a disable rarity that the creator can trigger on their side um, In oh, cool. I don't think it's coming with v3 I think that's coming in v3.1 um, it's not on the roadmap, so I have trouble tracking it you know that's just a new response we've had to make but we're going to have a disable yeah. rarity option um, along with that um, at any given time any creator can use the external URI metadata trade type, Uh, trade type is not the right word, but the uh, metadata key of external URI and you can make the link of your item send to any outside link you want it to. So when someone clicks on the title, like it could send to a rarity chart, Those, but this is what we are displaying is the mathematical rarity based upon um, the trait, all of the traits. Uh, Let's say trait, trait head, value hat, right? How many NFTs in the collection have value hat versus value no hat? That's the percentage of that trait. We've also added, you know, number of traits as one of the considerations into the algorithm which wasn't there originally um it's i i mean i'm kind of rambling on this but it's an equation right so there's no emotion there it is
1: what it is and it does vary from marketplace to marketplace i think it's good to talk about because i think most people um on phantom anyways thought of you know, what NFT key displays as, as the truth. So if they see
2: something that is different, they're going to question it, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's very healthy to question that kind of thing. If we wouldn't be the community we are, if we just accepted what someone told us at first at face value, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, it's, always, awesome. it's always
0: interesting. The, um, like, you know, do they count the number of trades? How is that? And like, I don't know if you guys know this. I work in like the uh, decision automation space,
3: so like you know, uh, you know, rules engine platforms, that kind of that kind of
0: software. So it's like I could I could almost see myself like building out that business role. You know, like if you know if uh, you know value hat is less than you know then you know. This, this is the ranking for that, and actually creating that um, kind of decision table around that, super, super interesting. Yeah. And, and of course, everyone's going to do it differently. And in fact, the, the, the order that they're firing those, those rules could, could be impactful to
1: the ultimate ranking. It um, is, and I think that that's what's giving us the variance between
2: NFT key and paint swap, because you'll find with most collections, they're extremely similar. But, I mean, it's like you say, it's not quite an if-then statement, but it does operate in the same way. And uh, anyone who's worked in software or mathematics knows the order in which you query matters. It absolutely matters. And that's what's happening, you know. I did just uh, share a little thread that I put out um, about Rarity. You can check that out. It's not highly detailed or anything. It's a high-level... It was my first response, kind of, when people started blowing me up about specifically the bitumans. Yeah, because that's those, there's, that. Yeah, that's the one, right? That's the one that most people are super concerned about. Totally valid. We're talking about a very high-value object. What we're also talking about is a collection that was ranked in rarity by the community when it was released, not by a mathematical equation, right? So yeah, we've got emotional ties to our ranks that are not necessarily yeah. mathematical. Yeah, and I have uh, a guilty the equation for those, you know. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm, guilty. I'm
2: guilty. I had,
0: uh, you know, yeah. NMT was showing me I had uh, the 24th ranked uh, ancestral uh, Uman and, uh, and paint swaps at 41. Um, you know, I think when you get into like that upper echelon, you know, like. It's there's never really a huge discrepancy around the floor, right? It's you get into that like of a of a marquee collection, you get into that top fifty, and it's like okay, you know, number three versus number you know forty could be uh, you know just one yeah. trait, a little bit different, but the the value, the or at least the perceived value by the community uh, is great, is uh, you know fluctuates greatly. So uh, uh, I agree. Yeah. But I do think like with some of the like something like Uman, there's only 500 of them. I mean, they're all fairly rare,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of my deal with with the whole thing. And this is this is a personal view, not a uh, paint swap view. But personally, I think that there has to be some onus in every collection on the creator to be uh, consistent. Which, no blame to Uman here. She had no way of knowing that this is where this was going, you know, when she released these. Obviously, you yes, know, none of us were like, okay, be sure to prepare for eight months from now when somebody decides to run an equation against these, you know. But yeah. at this point, with our modern collection releases, we do have mathematical rarity. And if you want rarity to factor into your collection, it's important that you're consistent mathematically with your with your attributes make an attribute, give it to everybody. If they don't have it, make the value none. Right? Right. And if it's rare, yeah. then it's rare. And that that's, that's how it works t- to me. And that is, again, moving forward, we just applied a whole new lens to an entire world, a, a mathematical cold lens to a world that's been community driven and I don't know how nft key calculated rankings on their like blue chip collections and i would not speak to that what i do know is that a human implements their rarity versus a versus a a smart contract or an algorithm you know what i mean so yeah
0: they're they're
1: interesting
2: pod
0: town you know has their own not only rarity for you know cybernecos and robbies but there's specific weighting towards specific traits right so it never you know from what you would see if you went to Town and looked at you know the you know the ranking of your cybernecos to what you would see on you know a third party marketplace uh, like swap or nft key is never going to line up right because they've weighted yeah. specific traits and bimps, you might be able to speak more to this than I can but um you know there's there's some gamesmanship in that right I mean I've actually <laughs> uh, not so much these days because you know I'm, I'm a little less active in the bear market than I was you know a few months back but um I, I've actually gone and you know uh bought things on paint Swap you know, and this was prior to you releasing the rarity, um, you know, I spent time with NFT key open, looking up things on PainSwap to see what they were rated there, buying them yep. on PainSwap, swap and then listing them on NFT key, you know, to make-
1: oh, you do that? Uh, <laughs> to make a profit. Yeah. I have, yeah.
2: That's fair yeah. stuff. That's fair business, you know? Yeah. That is, the, that is the entire like cornerstone of what it means to be decentralized. We don't have it is, a centralized yeah. ranking anywhere in our uh, communities of anything, because we work in DeFi, <laughs> you know? And that's, yeah. that's that's how it is, man. If we were all the same, we would be decentralized.
3: Of course. It's cool yeah.
1: that you, you mentioned um, that Paint uh, PaintSwap is looking at implementing a, an external URI for ranking, because that's something um, Town could use since their
3: official ranking is off-chain right now, um, that, yeah. that, will be, that will be cool. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a note for h and I don't think he's on right now. Yeah, if y'all host your own
2: metadata, you can make that change right now. That is already live. You can use the external URI field to link. Uh, it's just, hold on, I'll, I'll get it to you. Here oh, it's already bit. there, okay. Yeah, the external URI is already there. The part that is not there is uh i think it's external underscore uri they probably know but i'm gonna share it with you anyway my rankings quote that thing or i don't know
1: um, I so, sometimes i feel like i should i should keep the uh, keep my inside knowledge to myself. Now that it's inside knowledge. Anyone can go to uh, pod, pod.town dot town and use their um, APIs to see the official ranking but I anyway.
3: Yeah, that's cool. That's some that's something um, I'll ask them to know look at. yeah. So if 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 Town NFTs is- if the metadata is hosted,
2: like, not through just your standard IPFS pen service, but, like, if you have access to your metadata, you can change that literally at any time, and it'll be reflected on PaintSwap whenever we do a cache refresh, which we used to not have to do, but because of the new image caching, we, we now do that. You just gotta request it from us. Also, collection refresh is coming soon. That's just much more complicated than you would think it is. Um, and what does yeah. that function do, collection refresh? That's like, uh, so I've got a typo in one. This is a real-life scenario. I have a typo in one of my NFTs in Chronic Visions. I'm not going to tell you which one it is because it's embarrassing. Um, But it's there, and I see it. So in my (laughs) 721 smart contract, I have a post-set URI, or a post-set token URI function. So I can go in, and I can reset my metadata link in my contract. So I do that. Every time I screw it up, now when I do that, because we are caching metadata, I have to alert Paint Swap and say, "Hey guys, one of my existing tokens has changed its metadata. Please re-index my collection." Um, the reindex runs, and then it is refreshed on the page. So that that's oh, interesting because okay. you know
0: I'm um, you know I I spend a lot of time with Big Cat Club and with the new collection coming out, and actually with the previous collection too. There's this function called the trade shop, right? Where we're allowing um, we're allowing users to actually change uh, or upgrade, I should say, uh, yeah. some of the traits, right? By, and spending token to make changes to those traits. So the way it worked in the first collection was, if you had a bald one, you were able to purchase a hat, and there were a certain amount of like rainbow hoodies you could you could buy for Phantom to so, uh, to make changes. Shows. <laughs> right, exactly. And then um, with the new collection, what's coming out is there's going to be um, two traits for every mint that are mm-hmm. upgradable. And there'll be three options for each, and those are all randomized. So it's not like everyone's going to pick the rarest one. You'll have two random traits out of, I don't know, 10, call it 10 traits, that are upgradable. And then you'll have three random traits that you could do that. But like as people start doing that and doing that more often, You know something that's caching it like say pain swap it's not going to have that so so making that knowledge available
2: um for you know the refresh collection is is huge right yeah and also your users specifically your user with the tigers or big cats right they can get on to their asset and hit the button that says refresh metadata and see their changes there Okay, and that will pull the metadata live for that one page so that they can make sure that their changes have actually taken. Um, it's just the actual collection itself will put uh, that data. So that's a local manifestation of that metadata, not the server-side manifestation of that data. So it won't hold uh,
0: Okay, well, here's another example. Like with yeah. Pod Town, they did, and again, this is uh, with the Robbies that was minted on Ethereum. Um, but the way they did it with the reveal, you had your Robbie in like a little pod, and you know, you reveal that on the Pod Town site, and now you can see your Robbie. However, until you individually go into OpenSea and refresh your metadata. He's still, you know, when you look at the collection as a whole, you still see a lot of them in this pot. But having that refreshed collection, everyone that's been revealed, you now can, in one swoop, okay,
2: now they're all there for you to see. That's right. And that will be, that is is an element that will be added in for the owner. The issue that is uh, kind of the, the roadblock on that right now is that the, uh, and this is me interpreting it, I don't code in this way, so if I, if someone's listening who does and I say something stupid, forgive me, that's in my area, but basically there is no user level connectivity between collections and the wallet that is attached at any given time for the owner of the contract to be identified and then trigger that refresh. Does that make sense? Like from the collections page, Paint has oh, no idea shit. who's there, right? So we don't want just anybody going in there re-indexing stuff because that that's a huge tax, right? That's that's difficult, and we're paying gas on uh, any. Uh, I'm sorry, not. I, I lost my train of thought. We're not paying gas on shit because that's a server side caching. I don't know what I was gonna say about gas. Sorry, guys. Uh, Using uh, (laughs) some
0: sort of you're 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 sucking up bandwidth. Anyway, there's some.
2: There we go. That's the there there are some gas reveals. I've seen gas reveals before, though, not in Phantom, but I don't know. There must be a few different ways to do it. Well, if you're on-chain hosting, then you have to. There is gas involved in those reveals, but we don't. As far as I know, we actually don't have any on-chain hosted collections on Painswap. could be totally wrong on that. You know, I don't know all the collections by heart, but... The, the feature I'm waiting for
0: on Painswap now is uh, I'm really waiting for that uh, ranking uh, information to be make itself to the uh, sorting ability. So when you filter and sort, I would love to be able to see, um, you, know, ri- you know, from the top down, looking at the most, you know, highest ranked to the lowest ranked, or, you know, or sometimes vice versa. That's, and I'm sure you, I'm sure that's something that's in the works, but that's the feature that I'm patiently waiting for at the moment. It now
1: seems like a good time to uh, go back to a couple of questions. Our buddies floppy and the honest ask. Um, So I'll read these, even though I know you saw on Chronic, Floppy's question is, does Paintswap also look at other marketplaces on other chains or are they mainly focused on FTM marketplaces? And then Yanis's question is, how is Paintswap version three going to change the NFT marketplace?
3: Yeah, yeah these are great questions to actually take together. Um, so I am going to
2: kind of I'm going to lump all this into one answer here um, but to initially address. Uh, marketplaces on other chains or FTM marketplaces, Uh, PainSwap would be absolutely the most bonkers of insane to not pay attention to what other marketplaces are doing, right? Um, Constantly tracking what other marketplaces are doing. I myself do that. Uh, A-Rod also does that. Our developers mainly keep their heads down in the code in order to make sure that what we're releasing is strong product, but we don't... I would not categorize it as a focus of PaintSwap to observe those other marketplaces, not at all, right? Because we're planning out in a way that, as far as I've seen, no other marketplace is dropping information like we are about our future plans. We're innovating as we develop our future plans, things that have never been done on Phantom Opera. The first marketplace, and at this point I believe still the only marketplace to support interactive NFTs, um, first marketplace to introduce the sale of uh, VNFTs or financial locking NFTs, right? Um, and I, I could be wrong on this one because I don't track that as much, but I think still the only marketplace that does that by virtue of the custodial sale. Uh, but the main focus of changes made to PaintSwap is what the community is talking about, what the community is requesting. Other than that, we're Fairly confident that a lot of the things that we have in the works, getting coded right now while V3 is in alpha testing, we're still moving forward with additional changes, and we're confident that what we are doing is already ahead of the marketplace. Um, now, to move on to how V3 is going to change the NFT marketplace, uh, we're actually we're innovating the new uh, we're innovating the custodial sale and a way that's never been done before, anywhere that we're aware of. And we're also adding the non-custodial sale. So I'm, I'm headed to grab a, a medium link here real quick. That's going to give you a better overview than I could ever give you because it was written by the developers, right? But then I'll, I'll give you a, a good high level of it. So we all know what non-custodial sale is, non-custodial uh is what pretty much every marketplace does right at this point PaintSwap went with custodial to begin with because it is the best way to ensure a safe and decentralized sale environment for both the creator and the purchaser Um, however we listen to the community right and everyone wants non-custodial so we're doing that What we're implementing that is brand new that I've never seen anywhere, I could be wrong 100%, but I've never seen this anywhere on any chain, is the NFT vault. Now, the NFT vault is the new custodial sale from PaintSwap, where PaintSwap does not take custody of the NFT. Instead, the NFT is placed in a vault smart contract generated by the user, meaning you, when you're selling your NFT, you generate a vault smart contract through 1167. So it's really low gas. Um, do it all through the UI. You won't even know you're doing it. Your NFT goes there. That smart contract is capable of receiving airdrops. There's a simple API call for that to be used to create white lists for any creator. So you can have all of the security of a custodial sale while still maintaining the ability to receive airdrops and be on those right lists and any other type of query additionally it maintains the integrity of the uh, total holders count when items are for sale on the marketplace because up until now every item that's for sale that shows as one individual wallet on both phantom scan and on the uh, owner account on paint Spot. whereas when it goes into the smart contracts at the vault those are all individual addresses right because they're their own smart contracts uh, and so you get your actual holder count at all times via phantom scan and the ui um the vaults are are going to be as i mean Giannis says it the vaults are going to be a game changer you, anytime you I will say that anytime you are auctioning, you will be using a custodial vault, right? That's, we are going to do that because we don't think it's fair to say that the, the FTM that's being bid is going to be taken custody of, but not the item that is being bid on so that that isn't square, right? So we're going to do sense. custodial bidding and auctions. Um, through those vaults, not through paint swap custody, but through vault custody. Um, and additionally, another dope thing that B three is about to do is off is allow offers on all items at all times, and allow any holder of an eleven $1, fifty five item with multiple quantity to accept an offer made on that eleven $1, fifty five item, which is absurd that's not being done by anyone either so someone can just lexicon for example someone can go on and offer on a lexicon card right say it's a legendary card there are only five in existence they offer on the id of that card anyone with any of those five can then accept that offer so very uh, cool cool. so i wonder if
0: Something I've always wondered with the custodial, I have to imagine over the year plus that that Painswap's been around as a marketplace or um, year-ish as a custodial marketplace. Paint swaps have gotta have received airdrops and all these things, right? I mean, like you, you <laughs> yeah. What, what happens with those, right? I mean, I know there's well, some some people have gone through the trouble of like you know reaching out to Paint getting a list of all the people that have their uh, you know NFTs, but some people, I'm sure,
2: didn't. Like that's gotta that's gotta happen, right? Yeah, I mean, and I will say this before I talk about where those go. To be very clear. <laughs> Owners of 721 contract NFTs or uh, 721 contracts have always been able to query the PaintSwap API and get the actual owners of their items. That has always existed since PaintSwap Marketplace has existed. So, if anyone's ever blamed PaintSwap for you not getting your airdrop, and, always, and there's always don't... a warning right there's
0: always a warning always like is the thing there's yeah. always a warning like hey if you have it on paint swap we're doing our you know snapshot right. you know on this state. so I, i'm not <laughs> putting any onus on paint swap or any of the collections i just i just right. have to imagine yeah, no. um, there's been actually, some free
2: are... that have popped up <laughs> well those are those are trapped forever there's no withdrawal function to things just directly sent into the contract so they're just gone forever. So consider them burned. Isn't that cool. wild. Thing uh, have to do an well, operation got, to retrieve those. I've got I'm gonna
1: and I'm gonna operation. take this I'm gonna take this into a commercial break. I've got King just DMing me nonstop, like when are you gonna get to the sponsors and stuff? uh this, yeah i'll never right. shut up so let's take a it's, word from our sponsors Bimps. this um king sent me this over this this is from console sports a new oh. console subsidiary um the Podtown punks nearly rioted when their console sports skate decks went soft. the Podtown punks told the console sports execs that they need hard decks if they're going to perform tricks decks that can pound the town pavement and so the console sports execs went to the best. Elle from, from Riot Ghouls, whose phantom rock kickflip design made DiDo squeal with delight. They told Elle of their desperate need for rock hard decks, but she designed one for them. Were they kidding? Of course she could. She can design anything. And so, coming soon, a special one-on-one design from Elle featuring a rock hard skate deck will be auctioned in the pod town auction house and tono you can tell me if it's this design exactly that'll be auctioned or she's got something else but
0: oh okay here we go all right it's already Uh, been minted. yeah i saw that on twitter the other day i think yesterday that is so sick jumping over the nico
1: it's pretty amazing
2: yeah um the fact that I was really sports. hoping you would share this out because I saw her tweet like Been waiting to do something with the Nikos and I was like, you <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty impressed that Console Sports was able to
1: ink that deal with her. Good good job, Nico King. He's number the but anyway. She's <laughs> just sending you DMs.
2: How does he even know you're not doing it then?
1: That's my question. Uh he's just <laughs> he's just been nonstop uh with the DMs lately. He's not on, but I don't know, maybe maybe there's a mole, maybe Remy is telling him giving him the play by play. That's definitely it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, L absolutely has been killing it with these animated gifs lately. Jesus Christ.
0: All the skate gifts. Well, I yeah. all the really, the two skate gifts. <laughs> I uh, I saw so I, I overslept it. Actually, forgot it was this morning. But um, the uh, Pocket Pals Skin Men today they had the Raya Ghoul skin was really cool. Big Cat Club had one. Um, there was a couple yeah. others, like other phantom
2: artists. I, I, those things are really cool. The, the big I fans. forgot about that uh, as well. I missed the first yeah. one, and I was like, I'm not missing this one. And I just went yeah. instead. <laughs> you know, that's the thing with, like, the you know, everything's international in
0: the defying crypto space. And it's like sometimes things are not at the most... Uh, the best time for everybody you know i can only imagine for some people you know i'm sure people try to pick times that you know are good for the most amount of people but uh you know i've i've heard stories of people staying up you know 5
2: 6 a.m to try to mint something and not yeah, me I, anytime like when i got in the group dm with you guys and i saw that the time zone was est i was like all right <laughs> <laughs> EST scheduling is such a relief. What'd you say, ben? You see Seeing EST is such a relief. I know, man, I know. I start seeing UTC and it's like, I see a UTC one and I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but that sounds very early in the morning. You're gonna have yeah, to that. that one. <laughs> you would think I would
1: know what UTC is by now, but I'm always like, okay, Google, what is 7 p.m. UTC? <laughs> Well, i got super I mixed them. up because like did 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 the state totally rule out daylight savings time or is that just something that passed in the house like everyone is still Wait, saying what? yes <laughs> yeah there was a I bill would, you i'm know, it, i think no, people you just guys don't, don't think realize that
2: est and edt are two different time zones that's what well, exactly. yeah. like, two different oh uh, you know what I mean? Because I just say, I, for a while I was saying CDT, EDT, and people were like, what are you talking about, you crazy person? Oh, I'm Eastern welcome. Daylight
0: Time, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: well, Arizona's got that weird
0: thing where, like, part of the year they're in the mountain time and part of the year they're on Pacific time. I don't know if you anyone knew that. Um, I mean, not to... Yeah, they're, like, um, I knew it, I went to school out there briefly, but um, my... My boss uh, for work is out there now, and he's three hours uh, now, but it was two hours at, at one point of the year. And, and Sunfire is telling us here that um, there's actually a second mint for these pocket pal skins at 8 p.m. I don't know if that is uh, Eastern time or what, I think it's adjusting to my time zone on Discord. So eight o'clock tonight, Um, which no, I definitely did not know that because I bought one on the secondary today and paid a pretty good premium. And if I knew that I would probably have waited. Year round daylight saving
2: time. I guess I I got it backward. (laughs) I can't with this year round daylight saving time.
1: Why don't we just change what time it is? Why is it gotta be daylight savings time? Time isn't, well, free, you know. <laughs> I guess that's effectively what it does. I like now, at the time won't change right. To, like
3: I have no right. idea. It doesn't really really matter in my in my life. But um,
1: yeah, some people need to get right. to work on time. No, it matters. Like I, you know,
0: I'm. Uh, you know, I work from home. And I I travel some, but it's more like, you know, I'm on a lot of, you know, conference calls, Zoom calls, that kind of stuff. And it's like I'm constantly trying to figure out, okay, this guy's in, you know, where is he, where, where does he work out of again? Where, where's their headquarters? Where's, you know, and sometimes we'll have, uh, you know, developers in India or developers in Poland. And I'm like trying to coordinate all this stuff. And it's always just a pain in the ass for me.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. I always I'm definitely that guy on the email chain who's like this this is what time I think it is in central time. Is that correct? Okay. I just <laughs> I put everything in you guys this
0: out for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just very specific, like I put everything in my time zone which is EST, y'all figure it out.
2: <laughs> I remember one time I was scheduling a training. So I work in software, I think I may have said that. In real life, I work in software. I was scheduling a training for someone on uh, on so whatever, a new module I'd implemented for them. And uh, they, they emailed me back when I sent them like the Outlook invite and they were like, am I looking at this in my time zone or your time zone? And I was like, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know, right. I don't know what you're looking at it in. Look at it at your leisure. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to be there this time, my time. Right. I you didn't want to be there, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I had a call this week, and um, the guy was working out of uh, Nairobi, Kenya, and I was trying to be, like, really conscious of his time zone, and he's like, don't worry about me, man. I, I take calls at all hours. You just set it up for the people in the U.S. that it's convenient for them. I will make it. And I was like, okay, I will hold you to that.
2: I'll
3: do it. I'll do it, man. Yeah.
2: By <laughs> like one in the morning. But somehow, yeah. I always, it is the people who are like, you just schedule it, you know, whatever you want. I'll be there. Those are the ones who get on a meeting, and it could be noon my time, and that person's more awake than I am. You know, all right, yeah. like, oh, let's do it. Let's do business. And I'm like, oh, business. It's business. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will
0: say like business. this between 10 and 11 at the morning. I'm at now. Like I'm one of the few people on East Coast time, so like you know, I start working. I'm at my desk, you know, eight thirty-ish, and um, and nobody else is online. Maybe a few random people, but like my boss is on West Coast time right now. Like my coworkers, like the peers from my team, are Central and Mountain. So it's like that first two hours is so nice. I'm just drinking my coffee. No one's bothering me. It's
2: great. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool i just uh got pinged by the potluck Labs discord and they're doing another community collection of the beans those were so adorable oh for real i don't
1: know yeah yeah another community collection oh you know what that, i, that there I saw one I saw one that you designed that I really liked. I think it um, had either the face or body of like a a geisha, I think. Does that sound right? Um, Yes, from the community. Yeah, I did. It had the face of a kabuki.
2: Um, Kabuki, right. And it had the body of a bat with folded
1: wings. Uh, I saw that, one. I thought that
2: was really sweet. You killed that one. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I worked really hard on that one, and it was because that was my uh, that was my creatures the cave dedication in yeah. the community collection, which is, I mean, it was like their first one, maybe not their very first, but one of the first, and it's easily my favorite to this day. Man, like, I just really like it. I've been making yeah. a, a bunch of cool stuff lately. To be frank, I'll, I'm gonna shield myself for a second. Is that okay? Can I talk about me? Yeah,
0: yeah shield it.
2: it, man um i'd love to know what's fun, up yeah. is lexicon still a thing by the way while you're doing yeah, your Lexicon's show. totally still a thing that's just uh that that's in like development
3: now As past me i was writing and being creative and all that now it's with the
2: with the, the nerds you know <laughs> 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 but i'm working on right now um my upcoming collection and I'm going to release it in September for Spooky Season. It's called American Gothic. And it's all images like the one I just put in the chat. That's our our old buddy Doc Brown there. Uh, oh, nice. And then also horror figures, well-known horror figures. Um, I saw some of those. I really like them. Yeah. A few of my own creations that I just made up. Um, so it's all photography-based. Stuff, which is what that Creatures
3: of the Cave tribute was, which is kind of what made me think about doing this. Um, yeah, these are cool,
2: like, man. Really cool. Yeah, all of this. Oh, look at that, I I That's great. Yeah. I'm only making 250 of them. Only, and I can make an, all of them as non-generative mint, but I'm gonna make yeah. the 200 all one of ones. One, one of ones. Yeah. Wow. The, I uh it so- on a mint price. charge like a bitcoin one bitcoin per piece i I have full confidence you know i think
0: you know this is not the first time we've seen the market you know do this type of thing Um, uh i agree completely We'll 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 have another cycle you know it's uh and, and i truly do believe we might have further down to go but i do believe the people that you know make the right moves in the next year are, are going to be the happy campers if they can, you know, take some profit and exit
2: it's at a good place yeah. next cycle. I got um, really lucky this past full cycle and I took I took some good profits in December and I was I was really happy about that, you know, and like I like The end of the day, we don't know, and if you we know. don't take the time to breathe the air and take those profits when it's good, then what's it all? What's it all for? You know. Yeah, I mean, we made some friends along the way as well, but you know, I look, I, That's I, that is I, I took, I took thirty percent across the top twice at both tops, right? So we had the, um, I want
0: to say the, the, the conference one in, uh, Dubai, we had a top, and then we had the December. Yeah shop so I took 30% both those times I, I left a lot on the table um, you know uh, and and I think you know another mistake I had was kind of buying you know d- spending that deploying that Thinking with the lexicon um, and the lore that you've written, is like, where do you get uh, that inspiration for that? You know, I'm a huge uh, sci fi and fantasy reader. Is it, you know, is it just stuff straight from, you know, movies you've watched, books you've read? You know, where do you draw inspiration when you're writing,
2: you know, a backstory or or lore? You know, it's so interesting because I get asked that a lot. You know, of course, that's what that's the go to, right? You wrote something. Some of the stuff I've studied the most heavily, like actually studied, is like Chaucer, um, the classics, your Greek, uh, your Greek classics wrote a really cool thing for the Medusas that never took off. Um, and that was all based on actual Greek mythology. Uh, you know, I've read all the all of the works of Tolkien, as far as I know. You know, they're always finding new stuff. huge star wars fan i'm a huge television and movie fan i just i enjoy the sci-fi and fantasy media you know and it's just good for me it it helps me in ways that i hope other people can be helped when they read my writing It, it, it sanitizes the world through the lens of fantasy so that we can experience in a safe environment real conflict that real people face um Which is why, yeah, Sunfire, I agree completely. Like, that's what I love so much about, like, the classic fantasy writing and Star Wars, for example. You know, there are really serious human conflicts and emotions and those stories that I won't say that I reached that level with my my writing by any means. But uh, that's that type of conflict and stuff that the characters go through is what draws me into fantasy writing. That's great. Which, I, I'm you know, I say all of that. I, I will say I do not read as much as it sounds like I read. Like, <laughs> I pretty much read almost nothing these days as an adult. I read a lot when I was younger. I don't do it as much now, so I don't want people to think that, like, I'm, I'm bookish or claiming to be that when I'm not. My oh. partner is a huge reader. She loves to read. Like, she reads – I think she's read 30 books this year so far. Like, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I picked yeah. it back up. Uh, I, I
0: I read a lot of like nonfiction post childhood. Like read a lot as a kid. Didn't read for a long time. Occasionally read, you know, business books, sales books, um, you know, biographies, kind of history stuff. A couple years ago, like I think like the year before uh, the start of COVID, you know, my my kids were really young, so I was like, you know, kind of stuck in the house at night a lot. I started. Um, I started reading and I'm like in that 30 to 40 books a year, uh, just kind of burning through as much fantasy and, and sci fi as I can um, at the moment. And uh, it's it's really like reignited. My love of, of
2: reading in the last couple of years it's been really great. Yeah, and that's awesome. You know, I, I wish that I had that. I've picked up books to read. Oh, yeah. Stephen King. I forgot. Yeah. And I read when I was younger and I could read, like, with more fervor, I read any Stephen King book I could get my hands on. Um, I wish that I could still do that as an adult. And I think if I really buckled down, I probably could. But I also, I, I have um, ADD pretty pretty substantial ADD that I, I kind of like have weaponized that against the world and used it as a tool. You know, I don't medicate myself. I multitask really well. That's why I'm in like 1,400 projects. But, you know, sitting and reading a book is, that's one of those sacrifices that I, I've just given it to, to the ADD. You know, I sit down and I read and I really enjoy it while I'm doing it. But yeah. then half an hour passes and I'm like, all right.
0: Yeah. I, well, yeah, and like you also, I, you know, I suffer from a little bit of that myself. Sometimes, you know, I'll be if I'm not really focused, you know, I'll read a couple pages and I'll go back and realize like I don't, I don't know what I just read. Like I was reading, like my eyes were scanning the pages, but I think I was daydreaming, you know, about something else. For me, you know, like my my wife and I, we watch uh, kind of different. We're into different shows. Like she's not into the same you know, stuff that I'm And She likes a lot of, like, reality, kind of mindless trash TV. I'm uh, more, you know, into, like, uh, sports and superheroes and that kind of stuff. And uh, so, like, you know, I, I, we take turns. Like, she'll watch, you know, her, you know, real housewives of whatever, and i am sit on the couch and, you know, and catch up on the, the next book in the series. So, um, um And for me, it's been great because, you know, otherwise I find I just end up playing, you know, on my phone and scrolling Twitter and like this. At least I feel like I'm working my brain out a little. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, I think we're we're past the hour here. I know we ran a little late. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, share? Sunfire saying he's got some questions here. Sunfire had asked something earlier about uh, email notifications for paint
2: swap. So oh, yeah, that earlier. would require that we collect user information, which we're at this point still against. We don't want to be collecting user information in order to maintain decentralized uh, status and anonymity for our users. But we've heard yeah. that a lot, and there's not. It's not fully ruled out. We have heard a lot about like profile notifications and stuff like that, and we are going to be building out the profile area quite a bit over the next uh, couple of versions, uh, three point one and four. Uh, but at this time, you know, we don't we don't want that data. Is kind of yeah. where we're at on it, you know.
0: Yeah. I, I never Maybe click. You know, I, I have an email I use for OpenSea, um, and it's only for that. And I never click anything that comes to that. Like, you know, if there is, uh, <laughs> hey, right. you've got a bid, I'll go to. You know, I'll go directly to the website and check. But you know, not every, not everyone is as uh, conscious or paranoid or whatever you want to say is that. Um, so I, I'm right. totally with it. But you know, it is it's one of those things that like, I don't always check. I'll put something up for sale and, you know, do the, the, the longest, you know, 28 days or 27 days you can do on paint swap. And I'm not always checking to see if I have offers. Um, yeah.
2: So it, well, with the new, I, I think with the new vault, um, with the new vault edition, you'll find yourself going to the profile more because that's where you go to remove any NFTs that have been airdropped to you, to check for airdropped NFTs. That's where you go to see bids that you've made, bids that have been made on your pieces, offers you've made, offers that have been made on your pieces. Um, So at this point, we're trying to slowly drive traffic to the profile so that we don't just like one day say, okay, now you need the profile to do anything since we haven't done that for the majority of the time. but it is a thing, you know. We we fully recognize most people aren't checking, you know. So it's it's a it's an area of improvement for sure, an area of opportunity, as they called it at Best Buy.
0: <laughs> so we have uh, we have a couple of things here. There was a giveaway, and I think BIMPS, you wanted to do a, a sponsor.
1: Yeah, we've got a sponsor but before we get to that let me ask about one other item i saw on the roadmap, and i think it's something that you'll be really interested in danny i see um i see the line that says bundle support can you describe what that is or wh- what ideas might go into it you are completely correct about what you're thinking it is um
2: yeah. right now and Right now, on this moment, the smart contracts that uh, the PaintSwap Marketplace is built on support bundling of multiple NFTs together to sell as one group. However, there you go, Danny. It's, more, it's more complex on a UI side, right? Um, but we have we've floated that idea to the community several times and received pretty minimal feedback on people who wanted the bundling. So it's been kind of a back burner item to be worked on as, you know, as we can. Um, uh, as far as I know, no one on Phantom is offering that at this point. Um, uh, that being I said, I mean, it is something I need that we'll be developing. Yeah, I agree. I want it. I want it. I think it's cool. I have like seven collections of my own work and I would love to put together a bundle like you buy the Inanimates, you buy the Chronic Visions, you buy the Chronic Creations. And yeah. you buy them all for one price. Instead of having mm, to yeah. go shill to discords, list them for double what you want for them, then go shill to discords and be like, I'll actually sell you for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to, like, just clean
0: out, you know, we you know in the last year on Phantom, there has been a lot of, like, cheap mints where, and free mints, and there's just things that are just you know i don't have the patience to sit there and list them individually and track the floor prices i don't have necessarily the time to do that uh we have a giveaway up guys by the way um the jonah's like mentioned this the i i would love to be able to create uh a bundle or an nft that is a bu- represents a bundle
2: of nfts right um I where, think that's the way to do it, personally. That's not how the yeah. contracts handle it right now, but I love that idea. Yeah, you know who's working
0: on that uh, is, uh, I don't remember what they're called, Elite, Phantom Guru. I think they either are about to or are creating that. They, like, quietly have a lot of really cool features, like an airdrop tool. Um, but, yeah, that
2: that is something that I've heard that's that not, they were working on. That's not Dark Matter DeFi no it's because fa- they've fandom. got the airdrop tool and the multi-transfer and all that as well which i
3: think yeah really cool. the multi-transfer yeah, of seven tracks is pretty dope yeah
0: i like i have some nft staked on there they're pretty cool um yeah, yeah i just i'd love to take to like right hey look, with you let me take these 200 nfts that demands. i'm never gonna sell and just yeah <laughs> give them away at half price <laughs>
2: Give me five FTM and take these out of my wallet, please.
3: Exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. King King is bugging me to get to this sponsor. This one, this one is uh, Console Books. Console Books Guy's Guide to Ao Dai Size. Are you a guy who has recently discovered the Vietnamese garment Ao Dai? Then you might have tried to buy Ao Dai. Only to discover it is a daunting task, Ao Dai must be just the right size to fit your shoulders, chest, and arms. For that reason, Console Books has published the definitive Guy's Guide to Ao Dai Size to help guys decide the best size Ao Dai to buy. Inside, you'll find all you need to know to buy the best size Ao Dai. The Guy's Guide to Ao Dai Size by Console Books. Thank you, Console Books, for that one. Oh wait, who won the giveaway? Uh, Hurdinback. Hurdinback. Oh. Beck's... dude. Beck's raking it in from Pot Town this week. Oh, okay. and Remy is telling. Oh. Remy is telling me it's pronounced ow yai, not ow die. It's spelled with a d, uh-huh. though, right? Am I making this up? Should I reread the commercial? Ow, now brown cow. <laughs> Sorry guys, I just, I just didn't know. Oh, no. The guy, guide, the guy's guide to Aoyai's size. The definitive guy's guide to Aoyai's size. <laughs> By console books. Oh man, Sunfire can't okay. let you up on that. I think, I think the this D is, is silent. Language. Wait, what, did I say something weird? No, really you just said... It's a different language. That's fair. That's a fair point, Sunfire. Uh, D in
0: Vietnamese is pronounced Y. If it's D with some sort of squiggle on top, then it's just D.
1: Oh, yeah. What are
0: those called? Diacritics? Something like that? It's an, uh, a tilde. Uh,
2: Oh, not a tilde.
1: (laughs) (laughs) An umlau? Is it an umlau? You know, I think we really ought to have a, I think we ought to have a, uh, like educational section on the, on the podcast. Maybe Remy could, um, you know, teach us a little something, the Vietnamese alphabet. All right. I'm always
0: something impressed about people, people outside the U S you know, almost always know a second, sometimes even a third language. It, it, it's always so impressive to me. You know, I took however many you know, years can manage that. Yeah, lazy, stupid <laughs> Americans don't know how to speak anything except, you know, their their own uh, narcissistic, uh, you know, their own language by proxy of,
1: uh, what's the term I I'm think, looking for? Where you think a D world revolved around you? Myopic. They think Ds are always pronounced like a D, idiots. <laughs> Silly Americans, Americans with their contractions.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too lazy to even say two words wow yeah. It's getting worse <laughs> than that and now it's i'm learning spanish, spanish right now spanish. i've got a uh, nina tattoo art it is helping me relearn my spanish from you know the spanish i learned in school oh, but no, nice. you know yeah i practice uh our the nanny that
0: watches my kids is peruvian and um she she don't speak english but um you know, I, I have her speak in Spanish to my children and try to let them get, you know, kind of uh, immersed and used to that. And I try to practice yeah. my Spanish with her. But uh, I, I, I'm very confident that I sound like a very small
1: child when I when I speak Spanish. Oh, mama had a hilarious uh, comment. Mama says Europeans know up to five languages. Americans mess up your and your. yeah. Well, a lot of it's laziness, you know, I mean, I'm not really
3: sure on
0: punctuation points on Twitter, but fair enough. Hey, I, I, I'll be the first to say it. we uh, we thank the rest of the world for learning English and we really appreciate yep. you. Yep. There it is. <laughs> That's hard. On that
2: note, it's been a real pleasure kicking. Yeah, guys. Day. I've got to go celebrate being a dad. I say I've got to go. I'm super excited to go celebrate being a dad. I'm gonna yeah. Do that.
0: Awesome. You're a, day, you're a day early, but happy Father's Day to yeah. all the fathers. Sounds like all three of us are dads here on this chat today. Uh, I know yeah. this is not happy a young father's one. Father's
2: Day, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, guys. Happy
0: Father's Day, guys. Happy Father's Day. Don't forget to have your pets spayed and neutered, or have your uh, Robbie's Rabies. Is it Rabby? Robbie? Robbie?
1: <laughs> Rabby. I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is it the... Which alphabet is it? I don't even know anymore. But thanks for, thanks for being on Chronic. Have a great um, weekend. You too, Danny, everyone. Thanks, guys. Ha- have a good one. See you. All right. Bye. Bye.